The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. Welcome into episode three of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. Today, we're joined by Andrew Williams of SiriusXM. He's part of SiriusXM's soccer channel, 24-7 Soccer Talk, and he is a social and senior producer. A-Dubs and I used to work together at 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio in Albany, New York. That was a long time ago. We find out what exactly he's been up to over the last eight years and how much he has grown since I worked with him last. So you started... It's serious in 2016. And as I recall, you were working on multiple individual shows at that time. Now, fast forward six years later, you're up to social and senior producer in title. How has your role changed over the last six years? Uh, I think it's just after you're done getting being good at one thing, wanting to expand your role and take on new tasks from your program director or from my executive producer. And once you get those, just show them that you can do more and show them that you're valuable because it's such a large company that it's a place that, hey, if you can get ahead on social, if you can also do your job very well as a producer, which is your A1 job, and also then go pay attention to analytics and social media trends and helping other channels out with stuff like that, you're worth more. So it's finding a way to be worth more. And then I think that's the biggest thing. You as a producer... You are at a position now where you are likely more experienced than some of the talent that you are working with or come across. So as a producer with more experience, how do you coach up talent who may come in a little green or a little less experienced? Timing, I think, is one of the biggest things. And then consistency of not just, say, pulling an air check once every two months, but sending them an air check of something that we can, Hey, let's work on this for the coming weeks. Just sending them something easy to do, right? I mean, we all know the ums and ah, like little things or even just a basic reset. Or if a question is too long in an interview, pull the whole question, send it to them like, hey, you could have chopped it off right here 30 seconds in instead of going a minute and 20 seconds in, something like that. So it's a consistency of just showing them how to get better in a positive way. And not that you're picking on them all the time and stuff like that. Like you always say, pay them the compliment first and then show them where to work. You also, I'm sure, deal with a lot of athletes, you know, or former athletes or former players or former coaches. These guys are used to coaching. So do you find that they are receptive to these, uh, you know, I'll say helpful critiques or do you have to soft serve it to them at some time? everybody's different. Uh, I think you'll see, and again, I think majority of my hosts I produce are athletes. I would say about 90 to 95% are. So that's a thing. And I definitely think every guy is different. Just like you play sports, you go playing sports. Every player is different. Every coach has to coach people different. The number one starter is different than the first guy off the bench. And it's the same thing when you have backup guys filling in or filling guys coming in and all those type of things of, you work with everybody differently and you feed them information differently and you critique them differently. Some guys you let a lot longer leash. It's more of, I always say to like the young guys I work with, it's bend, not don't break. And sometimes you got to learn to bend a lot more 
with certain talent. How long does it take you to like develop a comfort with a host where you can go to them and coach them up? I think it's different now. More experience you get, I think. And I mean, you know me well. Um, I'm very direct with a lot yeah. of guys. And some, I mean, handle it well and some don't. But I also know which guys not to be too direct with. I think it's, again, if it's somebody brand new, you kind of find out early. You ask them, like, what do you like? What do you not like? And then you'll, you'll know in that first or second critique of, like, okay, they can handle this. Or, all right. We got to go about this a different way. We got to be a little bit softer with them. We got to ease into certain things with them. We can't give them too much on a rundown. You have to break everything down a little more. The producer host relationship is so unique because there are times where I'm sure you feel like the talent's boss. There are times where in other situations where the talent feels like the boss to the producer who's just kind of dictating everything to them. And I'm sure there are some relationships where they are on equal footing and they just work seamlessly together. You know, how do you try to, to strike that balance to get to a point where you are seen as on equal footing as them and where you're not overpowering them either? I think time is the biggest thing of build. It's like building a friendship. I mean, I, I like to think every show I've worked on and I work on now, I try to build a family bond with them, a big family person. And I, you know, I'm also a very emotional person and they know that. And I like to tell them right away, of kind of like where I'm at. And I tell them one of the biggest things is we leave emotions at the door. If we say something, it is not personal. We don't get personal on shows and stuff like that. And I know in this day and age, it's very hard to say that to people. And that's also where you have to know of if you can say certain things to certain people, if you can get let loose around certain people and stuff, but building that chemistry takes a lot of time. I mean, now I've worked with two main hosts for, four and a half years, every single day, three hour show, plus talking in the morning, talking at night, texting all the time. I mean, I'm closer with some of my hosts than any other, my family outside of my wife. Hmm. It's pretty common now because of the pandemic for hosts to be doing shows remotely. You've been dealing with remote hosts for like the entire time you've been at Sirius. I remember when you started, I think you were dealing with hosts that were in Europe overseas on different continents. So like, what would your advice be to producers who may now be in a situation where they're dealing with hosts who are not in the same building as them? Oh, to over communicate. Even if they don't like, I mean, again, they don't have to respond to your message, but say, I mean, you're, you, you send out, I send out cause I'm an afternoon drive show. I send out something around eight 30 in the morning with basic stuff on it of like, guess the biggest headlines of the day. And then I'll send out a rundown around one o'clock. I like to get it out by the show starts at four. The latest, I like to get it out by one o'clock. If something changes at all, you let them know immediately. You don't wait on certain things. You just over communicate all the time because the big thing with that is they don't go into studio. So a lot of times you have guys that, I don't know, an hour before the show, they might be at the grocery store. So yep. they're not just sitting at their computer. They're not reading the emails and stuff like that. So you just shoot them a call quick. You shoot them an email quick. But yeah, it's a communication aspect of it. That's You just have to hammer that home. That's interesting. You plan the rundown. So are you planning the show and these guys are just executing your plan? Or are they doing a hybrid? Or are there days where you send a rundown and they blow it completely out of the water? No. So a lot of times it'll be, like I said, so yeah, my, I call it a run sheet. Like we used to do when we were together back in Albany, I like to get that out by 
eight, nine in the morning, right? And when, like I said, guests that we're going to have that day, our big topic, and then the biggest headlines domestically and internationally, because I cover soccer and the majority of our show is the Premier League we'll cover. That's normally number one, then U.S. men's national team, MLS, it filters in. So I'll fill that and then I'll start building my rundown later, but we do it on a Google Doc and it's live. So if yep. we want to change anything, say we hop on always 30 minutes before the show and if they have... if. Or in the middle of the day, like I said, they know, call me, hey, let's change this. Let's get a guest here instead of this person here. And you do your best to get it wherever. But we have a live Google Doc where we don't want to talk about this in this segment anymore. We can, we'll just copy, paste, move it somewhere else. And that's a good thing with my guys that we've, and again, it comes down to building that relationship of the rundown and how you're going to do things. And that they, I tell them all the time, this is your show. If you want a topic in there, that's relevant. I mean, again, that's a give and take. That's relevant. <laughs> Let me know. We'll get it in. We'll figure out how to hit it each hour, et cetera, et cetera. I was going to ask you a little bit about the topic breakdown on your shows, because I think a lot of, you know, kind of terrestrial radio producers can relate to this and that, you know, my old station, my most recent station before where I am now, we had the play-by-play rights of Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, and the University of Vermont. So I felt a bit of an obligation to talk about all of them, given that we had the rights in the market to those teams. Your Sirius XM station will play live play-by-play of the EPL, the Champions League, and MLS. Do you feel obligated to include all of them in every day's show? Do you try to just make sure you're hitting them a couple of times a week? Like, How do you decide which content is most relevant? Every time's different. And the lucky part is, I mean, majority of the time, you know, Fridays and Mondays, you pretty much know what you're going to get. You're going to get preview. You're going to get recap. And then in the, the week, it's kind of filling out the biggest teams because it's not just all EPL, right? I mean, people don't want to hear about Southampton for 10 minutes in a show majority of the time, unless something happened. They yep. don't want to hear. The guy in New York doesn't really care about what's going on at Austin FC. I'm sorry, Austin people. I'm not <laughs> saying that as a slight or anything, just an example. So it's kind of figuring out the biggest fan bases. It's again, it's national, right? So it's all over. It's the biggest fan bases, the biggest stories. Those ones go first. If it's Manchester United, anything really happens with them. Majority of the time, they're going to be number one. U.S. men's national team trumps everybody every single time. It's the biggest thing in soccer in this country. It unites everybody all the time. MLS story. It's tough. If there's a big story, yeah, you roll with it. But majority of the time, Premier League stuff will trump that or Champions League stuff will absolutely trump that as well. It's not just the on-air production that you're doing, right? Social production, there's multimedia that you have to include as well. So what beyond just the three hours on the air are you also doing? Yeah. So again, obviously it's figuring out guests rundown and stuff like that. But then since we're the afternoon show, a lot of times I'll use my mornings to make a video of the best clip that we didn't get out already from the day before. So try to make some type of video to get out on Twitter and social of a story, either progressing it from the day before, if it's still running something like that, or something that, Hey, this kind of hit, we didn't talk about it as much. We can use it again today. Something along those lines. And then, yeah, making promos, trying to do stuff like that, uh, writing images, working with other producers as well. If another show has, a producer that's not strong on social making videos, I'll help him as well, him or her, if they need help making any type of content.
You know, we had Steve Cerruti on in episode two from The Ringer and Spotify, and he's worked on Rosillo's show and Bill Simmons' podcast. Mm -hmm. And I asked him this question. I said, what's the biggest difference between regular radio producing and podcast producing? I'll ask you, what's the biggest difference between terrestrial radio and working at Sirius XM in terms of your producing roles? One, it's national. So it's not about what local is going on. You have to think about so many different people and four different time zones and stuff like that. So it's not, it's for some people, it's three o'clock for some people it's two. You know what I mean? It's at the end of our show, it's four o'clock on the West coast only. So East coast, your drive time. So it's kind of figuring out the way to play the hits. So everybody can hear that topic that they want to hear about. Cause again, we know you're in your car. I mean, it's still, even though we have apps and everything like that, we're a lot of times it's still focused on getting that, seven minutes in that people are listening. So making sure you're playing the hits nonstop that they, that every single person getting in their car can hear it, but also going on to other topics in a faster pace. What would be your advice to young or new producers? Learn more. I mean, I, I know it sounds so easy to say, but being a radio producer anymore, I mean, even from our time when we were in Albany, it's, it's just a different world. I mean, you just have to know how to do so many more social building videos, doing images, all these type of things. I mean, obviously your show comes first, no matter what, putting out a good program every single day should be number one, but being able to create a video and using different Adobe's, all the Adobe's being able to do all of that comes into play. Now, just slowly figuring out way to manage talent and stuff like that too that's something that i never really thought of like when you first start out you never like oh i'm gonna go manage the host but a lot of this job is managing talent and how to go about the day-to-day -day with them and how to keep them happy because that is also the, one of the biggest jobs that nobody talks about Andrew Williams, Sirius XM soccer channel 24 7 soccer talk afternoon drive the name of the show is what counterattack seven Eastern time, Sirius XM FC channel 157. I love that conversation with Andrew Williams. It's always great to reconnect with an old friend and to see how much they have grown in the business. And uh, A-Dub certainly has grown a lot. And he's doing unbelievable things at an unbelievable company. Uh, I took a lot away from the conversation, frankly, about managing talent. He's right. It's a job that we don't think usually falls on the producer and you kind of have to grow into the ability to be able to manage talent or manage a host that you work with, but it certainly is part of the job and an important one. Talking about, again, the same as we heard from Saruti last week, finding your voice kind of in how you lead a show, talking about how you teach talent, because again, Andrew is at the point in his career where he is more experienced than a lot of the hosts that he comes across. And also, for producers out there who are working remotely now or are working in separate studios or rooms from their hosts, over-communicate. I thought that was really, really important to take away as well. Over-communicate. The host may not always respond, but it's important that they know your train of thought, that you are on top of things. It all helps develop that trust we heard about in episode two as well. That's it for episode three. We'll see you on episode four of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com. 